Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of Gangbusters called The $35,000 Theft. I'm not sure of the original broadcast date. And now, in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States, the CBS Radio Network presents Gangbusters! Gangbusters, the only national program that brings you authentic police case histories, has asked Lieutenant Thomas J. McGrath, retired, Chicago Police Department, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. Lieutenant McGrath. Thank you. And good evening, Gangbusters listeners. Because state boundaries and city limits mean nothing to a criminal, the police of one jurisdiction must often call upon those in another for assistance in trapping a fugitive. Such assistance is invariably offered most generously for many reasons. Principally, because a fugitive loose in a city will eventually become a lawbreaker there. To show how it works, let's begin one summer afternoon a few years ago in the city of Chicago. In a lunchroom on Madison Street, west of the river, a man in his middle thirties sat at a table waiting for the waitress to bring his order. He also kept his eyes on the front door. Finally, another man arrived and walked to his table. Hello, Nicky. How are you, John? Long time no see. Sit down. Yeah. When you called and said it was you, I thought somebody was kidding. What you doing back in Chicago, Nicky? I missed the lake. Came back to look at the water. Things get too hot on the coast? Something like that. How you fix for cash? Don't tell me you're giving it away. Not if you press. I'm always in the market for good merchandise. I'm maybe we can do some business, John. If your prices have come up any. Show me what you got. I'll put a price on it. I landed in town. The place looks strange to me. Well, things change in ten years, Nicky. I didn't know a soul, so I said to myself, I said, Nicky, maybe old John is still in business. I look you up in the telephone book, and what do you know? There you are at the same old stand. How's the uh, cleaning and pressing business, John? It's all right for a sideline. Bring whatever you got around. I'll make you a deal. Got one piece with me. Let's see it. Sure. Things are hot on the coast, huh? Look, warm. Diamond ring. Genuine antique. I'm going to stick around Chicago, John. I got myself a two-bit job in wholesale grocers. Job's a good thing. 500 on the ring, Nicky. Give it back. Genuine antique. Okay, suit yourself. Here you are, mister. Oh. Hi, John. A hamburger, Liz. Not too well. A cup of coffee. Okay, John. Hey, that's a nice ring. You're telling me. That's the kind of ring a girl dreams about. Go on, Liz. We're talking business. Oh, you know it's business. Bet you don't break your back on that job, Nicky. Hmm. Just a few pencil points. I'm a checker. What'd you call that waitress, Liz? Yeah, Why? Not a bad-looking trick. Well, maybe I can fix it up for you. I can do my own fixing. Yeah? Here she comes. See how far you can get. 
want your coffee now, John? Uh, now, later. Okay. How's the beef, mister? Great. What there is of it. Say, um, I've been away a long time. Uh, maybe you'd like to show me a few of the new spots around. And maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> what do you have for dessert? Apple pie's not bad here, Nicky. The girl treats me right, I treat her right. Uh, do you want dessert or don't you? I got five on the table. Apple pie sounds okay. I uh, know, John, I don't think I'll uh, sell you the ring. No, I don't think so. Well, it's up to you. I can find some use for it, I guess. Um, do you want coffee with a pie or something? How about it, kid? Okay, mister. You've got a date. Well, gangbusters listeners, at about that same time, another man arrived in Chicago from the West Coast. He was Sergeant Ed Sully of the Homicide Bureau, Los Angeles Police Department. He checked his bag at the LaSalle Street Station and took a cab to the police building at 11th and State, where he was immediately shown to the office of Lieutenant Peter Sukor. Hello, Lieutenant. Oh, come and sit down. Yeah, thanks. Uh, how was the trip? All right, fine, I guess. Oh, this is Detective Joseph City, uh, Sergeant Sully. Hi, how are you? Hey, you got a hotel? Yeah, I got a reservation at the Royal. Oh, it's a nice place. Where's your bag, sir? You know what I'm saying? No, I checked it in the station. Well, we can pick it up later. Now, uh, <clears throat> this guy, Nicky Small, we haven't got anything on him here. He was never arrested here under that name. No, I don't guess he was. We don't think he started to use that name till he got out to the coast. He was picked up out there for investigation of robbery a couple of times and released. I uh, brought along some mug shots and set of prints on him. Oh, good, good. Sass, huh? send these prints up to B.I. and have them checked out, will you? Yeah, sure, Lieutenant. Well, uh, how long has it been since this Nicky left Chicago? Oh, eight, nine years. It's a long time. The information we got says that at that time he hung out on Madison Street near the river. It's a lot of territory. And uh, rough territory. Prince are on their way up, Lieutenant. Oh, good. Who'd he kill anyway, this Nicky? Well, he and three others tried to shake a restaurant owner. They found his money and beat him to death. Nice boys. We got three of them. They told us Nicky originally came from Chicago, and they thought he was headed back here. Well, pretty much of a long shot. In addition to the cash, they took some jewelry. Nikki's part of the jewelry was an antique diamond ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw the circular on that. The chief sent the circular along with the letter. What do you think, Sass? We can try. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Sergeant. Sass will drive you over for your bag and get you settled in the hotel, and we'll start checking around that neighborhood. Okay? It's okay with me, Lieutenant. We'll help you find him if he's here. Well, after coming 2,000 miles, he better be here. Finish your drink, Liz, baby. There's more where that came from. I don't need any help from you. I can finish it without you putting your arm around me. What kind of a sport are you anyway? Not the kind of sport you think, Nicky. Uh, now, keep your distance. Uh, if I'd have known it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have given you a second look in the restaurant. Oh, I got a lasso and dragged you out with me. What's the matter, Liz? Don't I appeal to you? In a way, yeah. What do you mean, in a way? You're okay, Nicky, but I wouldn't want you to get the wrong impression. And it ain't no burning romance. You said you wanted a little company. Here I am, company. What are you fishing for, kid? Me? Fishing? I got your tag, baby. The minute I flashed that ring, your eyes popped out. Hey, what do you take me for? I don't blame you, baby. Anybody'd like that ring. 
Well, like I told John, I got a use for it. Oh. What do you say, kid? Come here. Oh, stay away from me. Yeah, stay away. Oh, okay. In a public place, I never... Well, I was just getting up close to tell you. The ring is for you. It... For me? Yeah. You don't mean it. Didn't I say it? Nikki! Where is it? Let's see it. Now, you don't think I'd carry a valuable ring like that around with me? No, I guess you wouldn't. When I give a present, I give what suits the lady. How about tomorrow night? Uh, what time will you be by, Nikki? Same time, baby. And dial up. Dial up good. You got a real surprise coming. Now, um, how about that other drink? Well, Nikki, I can't hardly finish this one if you're holding me so tight. But it's nice. Gangbusters listeners, as the fugitive was getting settled in Chicago, detectives began the tremendous job of canvassing the district west of the Chicago River between Madison Street and Cermak Road, showing the fugitive's photograph to merchants, hotel clerks, and rooming house operators. Late the next afternoon, Sergeant Sully and Lieutenant Sukor were walking together down Madison Street. Well, I guess it's pretty hopeless, Lieutenant. Yeah, eight or nine years is a long time, Ed. Lieutenant, mm-hmm. I can't ask you fellows to waste any more time. Well, the files are full of cases that have been cleared because a little time was wasted on them. We'll stick oh, with here, Silly. Hello, Lieutenant. Ed. Any luck, Sam? No, not a nibble. I flashed Nicky's picture at every shopkeeper on the side streets all the way down to the park. Oh, they ought to make these sidewalks softer. Well, how about Malloy? He's working the other side. He ought to be along any minute. Hmm. What do you say, Ed? You willing to call it a day? Sure, Lieutenant. Some of the stores are closing anyway. There's no need of you fellas going any farther with it. I'll cover the rest of the neighborhood myself tomorrow. <laughs> That's a big order, Ed. We'll stick with you one more day. How about it? You got a deal. Come on, Sass. Let's find Malloy and get out of here. Lieutenant, you got another deal. Back to gangbusters in a moment. Here are some sensible thoughts for amateurs in the investment field. Before you turn to any type of investment, you should have a cash reserve for emergencies. And before you turn to speculative investments, you should have a growing amount of non-speculative United States defense bonds, whose interest is guaranteed. Remember, the new U.S. defense bond is worth more quicker. It builds up towards the full 3% interest on a much faster time scale so that even if your bonds must be cashed in before full maturity, they pay much more than before. Regular bond purchases are patriotism with profit. Where you bank or where you work, buy U.S. defense bonds regularly. They help America, and they help you to future security. And now back to gangbusters. Okay, all right. Hi, Nicky. Come in. Yeah, thanks. Hey, this is not a bad place you got here, Liz. Not bad at all. Ah, I call it home. <laughs> you like my dress? Yeah, it's nice. Mm. Well, sit down, Nicky. Make yourself comfortable. Come here, baby. Uh, uh, Nicky, I just put my lipstick on. Did you? Nicky, is that package for me? Well, 
That depends. Oh, honey. What's your lipstick? Uh, Who cares for lipstick? a big package for a ring? Well, I uh, had to do a job of wrapping for something that uh, fitted you so perfectly. I guess you did. Well, go on, open it. Oh, sure. Oh, well, this is really something. It's just a... Nikki. <laughs> what is this, anyway? <laughs> just what it looks like. A bottle of pickled onions. Uh... we got a million of them where I work. You want some more? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. What do you think I am? I'll tell you what you are. Trying to con me out of that ring. Go on, get out of here. I just want you to know that nobody plays me for a chump. Nobody. <laughs> nobody, you understand? Wait. You understand? Yeah, I understand. We'll see if you understand this. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, please. Okay. So let's <laughs> understand. That kind of stuff might go with some of those jerks around at Hash House, but not me. Remember this. Get out of here. You don't have to coax me, baby. I'm gone. Hope you enjoy the onions. Nikki, here. I hope you enjoy them. <laughs> You're lucky, Liz. You're lucky you got such a rotten name. For crying out loud, John, will you stop that pressing and talk business with me? I want to make a deal for this stuff. Look, Nicky, in the first place, nobody asked you to come. In the second place, a customer's coming back for this suit in half an hour. I promised him to be pressed. What's more important, the cleaning business or making a deal for this stuff? i got to get back on the job. Uh, somebody's come in out front. It's not that guy for a suit already. How should I know? You wait here. Good afternoon. Something I can do? We're from the police department. Is something the matter? No, we'd just like you to take a look at this picture. Tell us if you know this man. Uh, this man? Yeah, yeah. Is he a customer? Have you ever seen him around the neighborhood? Um, no. He doesn't look familiar to you? No. Are you the only one who waits on trade here? That's a small business. Who's that in the back you were talking to? Uh, nobody. Just a customer getting his pants pressed. No, no, i never seen this fella. Come on, Ed. Much obliged to you. So long. And, uh, thanks. It's okay. Any time. Go ahead, Luke. You. Nicky, you know what that was? Cops. Cops? Yeah, and they flashed your picture. You're kidding. No, I don't kid about this kind of thing. You're hot, Nicky. You better move. Get packed. Get out. All right. Okay. I'll move. Stop pressing that suit. They might be hanging around. Yeah. Well, Lieutenant, I guess we might as well call it quits after today, huh? Well, we still have a little while to go, Ed. Only takes one break. Yeah, but where is it? Well, how about a cup of coffee? Sure. Why not? Come on, Lee. Duck into that place there. Doesn't look too bad. No, not too bad. Go on. Counter a table. Well, how about that table there? Good enough. 
Well, nobody can say we didn't try. Will it be, gentlemen, lunch? Uh, no, just uh, coffee for me. Coffee? Coffee here, too, and a piece of pie. We got apple, cherry, lemon meringue, peach, coconut. Apple's okay. Two coffees, one apple pie. Miss. Listen, I don't go out with the customers. We're police officers. Yeah? So? Take a look at this picture. Tell me if you ever saw the man in here, will you? Well, yeah, sure. If you... Hey, he's Nicky. What, you know him? Yeah. What's he done? When did you see him? Gee, last night I was out with him. You know where he lives? No. Or where he works? No. We were only out twice. He never told me a thing. Honest, nothing. Only met him in here. He came in with old John that runs a clean and pressing place. In the next block? Yeah, that's John. Do you think Nicky will come back here again? If he does, I'll kill him. I almost killed him last night, that dirty rut. Eh, what's the use of talking to me? What happened? He's supposed to give me a present, a chiseler. You know what he gives me? A bottle of onions. A bottle of pickled onions. The wise guy didn't cost him a cent. He told me he got him where he works. And where's that? I don't know, I told you. Some wholesale grocer, I guess. Where are the onions? Have you still got them? I threw the bottle at him. It broke. Hey, what's going on? What's he done? Plenty. I can imagine. What's your name? Liz. Liz Truman. No relation. What'd he do, anyway? He's wanted for murder. Murder? Yeah. Oh, murder. Brother. All right, Liz. Uh, we'll call you when we need you. Go take care of your tables. Yeah. Murder. Brother. Well, there's your break. Yeah. We ought to start checking all the wholesale grocers around here. Well, the first thing, I'd better call in and get two men to stake this place out. It's a good idea. He might show back here. What about this John? We'll stake his store out, too. Huh? Feel better, Ed? Yeah. A lot better. We were fishing without even a line. Now at least we've got a hook. We've come up with a fish, too. Just wait. Hello? Hello, John. It's Nicky. Gotta see it. They got the store staked out, Nicky. Stay away. What about the merchandise? I gotta make a sale. You wanna land us both in the can? Stay away. I bought a car. I need the cash. I'm pulling out tomorrow afternoon. Well, you better start pulling out right now. You're hot. The car won't be ready. Get off the wire, Nicky. Listen, John. Well, I gotta get off the wire. So long, Nicky. Good luck. Hello, Lieutenant. No sign of him around here. Get in. Yeah. What's doing? Cecilia located the place where he works. What? Yeah. It's a wholesale grocer's. That's a break, Lieutenant. I don't know. He didn't show up on the job today. Oh, I knew it was too good to be true. Today's payday, and he's got a week's pay coming. If he thinks we're close to him, he'd be a fool to show up for it. Well, let's play him for being a fool. We'll stake the place out and hope for the best. Listeners, officers who are working to trap the elusive killer, arrange an around-the-clock watch at the wholesale grocery warehouse. The next morning, Lieutenant Sukor and Sergeant Sully, dressed in work clothes, loafed near the entrance to the loft building in which the warehouse was located. Ed, I got a sneaky suspicion this John tipped him off. I hate to say it, but it doesn't much look like he'll show up here or anyplace else in town. Like I said, if he's got any sense, he won't. Well, he seems to be a pretty cute operator. Wait a minute. Look at that guy. Well, he's headed this way. It looks like him. Yeah, some. He's turning into the building. Let's check him out. Same build, all right. I got the door. There he is at the elevator. Sass is on the elevator. 
He'll make him, too. Okay. Did you ring it up, pal? Yeah, I rang it. Nice day out. Yeah, it's okay. I'd uh, like to go see the Sox play. Uh, here we are. Up, oh, going up. Five, six, please. Five, six. Listen, Nicky. Uh, listen, hey, what's the idea? Stop it, sir. Yeah. What are you doing? We're police officers, Nicky. Hold still. Don't move. Now, listen. Hey, don't move, I said. Nothing on him. What'd you expect to find? Okay, Sass. Take it down. Yeah. Hey, what's the idea? I just come to collect my pay. I'm a working man. I'm going to collect a lot more, Nicky. Back in Los Angeles. Oh. That. Yeah, that. It's a rap for murder. So, gangbusters listeners, this killer was flushed out from among three million people by Los Angeles and Chicago officers. He was returned to Los Angeles and placed on trial for murder with his confederates in the crime. All were found guilty and are now serving maximum sentences of life imprisonment in various California institutions. Thank you, Lieutenant Thomas J. McGrath. Now, Gangbusters Nationwide Clue, broadcast every week as a public service to assist American police in their war against the underworld. (laughs) Attention all citizens. Be on the alert for John Othello Evans, wanted by the FBI for unlawful flight to avoid confinement for the crime of robbery. Listen carefully to his official description. Age 33. Five feet, eight inches. 150 pounds, slender build, brown hair thinning, blue eyes, fair complexion, scar on upper lip, has tattoos on inner right forearm of a scroll with the names Stanley and John and the year 1937, tattoo on left forearm of girl's head. He may seek work as a restaurant worker or punch press operator. Caution. Evans may be armed and should be considered dangerous. If you have any information concerning this clue, notify your local police, the nearest office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or gangbusters at once. Tonight's gangbusters case was dramatized by Stanley Niss and directed by Leonard L. Bass, with Ralph Bell, Joe Julian and M.C. Strickland in leading roles. The entire production was supervised for CBS Radio by John Ives. Stuart Metz speaking. Gangbusters, a production of CBS Radio in cooperation with Phillips H. Lord, is brought to you each week, same time, same CBS station. For top Sunday night drama, don't miss your Playhouse on Broadway, co-starring a nationally known actor or actress with a college drama school student, adding to the drama of a good story the human interest of a newcomer's first big chance at stardom. Also Sunday nights on CBS Radio, listen for Inner Sanctum, where the atmosphere keeps cool in spite of the weather where there are chills and thrills for every member of the family. Tomorrow night, 
Enjoy Playhouse on Broadway and Inner Sanctum for two rattling good stories on most of these same CBS radio stations. This is the CBS Radio Network. Gangbusters was one of the most popular and long-lasting shows of old-time radio. The show first aired as the program called G-Men in 1935. It changed its name to Gangbusters in 1936 and lasted on the air until 1957. The show was created by Philip H. Lord, who wanted to create a thoroughly authentic series about the government's fight against crime. Lord was able to get the cooperation of the FBI, in the person of J. Edgar Hoover, for the show. Hoover allowed the show to use the FBI's closed case files for material, as long as the FBI approved of the scripts for each episode. Each episode started with an interview between Lord and the law enforcement agent involved with the case. The interview would set the premise for the episode, then the interview voices would fade out and the dramatization would begin. The tone and atmosphere of the show was quite violent. The very first episode was a dramatization of the FBI shootout with John Dillinger. Sound effects were expertly used to convey the violence of the story. Broken glass, a burglar alarm, police siren, rounds from a shotgun. Even though the show used the case files from law enforcement, the stories were usually told from the criminal's point of view. As one might expect from a show approved by the FBI, the message of each episode is, Crime does not pay. This message to the listener is about as subtle as a cop's billy club to the throat. One of the most popular features of the show is the Gangbusters Clues segment. During this period of the show, the listener would hear about real criminals wanted by the police or FBI, giving out a physical description of the alleged criminal and information about their case. The clues led to the capture of 286 Most Wanted, similar to the TV show America's Most Wanted. The show switched networks and sponsors, but was last aired in 1957 on the Mutual Network. The show spanned almost the entire period of old-time radio. The radio show was turned into a movie serial, a TV show, and the TV show was re-edited to become two feature-length movies, Gangbusters and Guns Don't Argue. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.